Greetings, fellow imps. I'm Imp Fossil Tom Hensky, and I'd like to welcome you to From Nowhere to Now Here, Where Incarnate Memories Prevail. Like many incoming first years, I entered the university a blank canvas. You get it, nowhere. But four years later, I grew to now here. And when I look back at that transformation, it was the friendships that I built through the imps that were a huge part of that growth. But where did everyone end up? I'm going to take us on a journey to find them, to catch up with the friends we've lost touch with. And in doing so, my mission is to rekindle these amazing relationships. Welcome back, Imp Nation. I got a great one today, and my main man, Brian O'Rourke. What's happening, brother? Hey, Tom, a pleasure. Very, very excited to, to join the list of fossils who have come on this esteemed podcast. Yeah, I Thanks went young today, right? You're like, what, what are you, 12, 13 years old? How old are you now? <laughs> uh, 29, 29 years young. Um, 29 so- yeah, I had Started to get somebody, a little older. Yeah, I had to get someone sub 30 in here. Like, you know, the the 75 and 80 year olds, that's not, not a good market for us imps, but I appreciate you getting on with me, man. So where are we having this from today? Where are you located? Uh so I'm in London, England. So over in the UK now. Um moved over last March and loving it so far. So would it be like politically incorrect if I said, wow, you don't have a funny accent or something like that, right? I won't say that. God forbid, right? I don't want to piss it. No, yeah, I, I do. I do kind of right away. People know I'm American over here, but I'm from New York City. Uh, and so one of my calling cards is that I actually don't have a New York accent. I kind of just have ambiguous uh, American over here. Well, that's funny because when I went down to Virginia, I thought I was going to soften my Long Island accent, but my kids seem to make fun of me every time I say water or things like that, that it definitely still creeps out. So you got a little of the New York in you. I like that though. Don't go change it. Don't go change it. Yeah. Some of the wording, but then a little bit of a man from nowhere, because I would come back and some folks now think that I I have a little bit of a Southern uh, trench. So I definitely picked up Charlottesville had an imprint on me. All right. Well, we, I'm going to have a lot of questions about London, yep. including favorite soccer team and stuff like that. But before yeah. we get there, take me back. New York City. What happened? What was going on there? Yeah. So uh, born in 1994, uh, born and raised in Manhattan uh, and spent my whole life up until Charlottesville uh, growing up in kind of the same two block radius. Uh, we actually moved two blocks twice, which is kind of funny. Uh, one was yeah 444 East 84th to 444 East 86th. So, so big difference. But yeah, I grew up uh, sharing a room with my brother on uh, the 24th and then 15th floor of an apartment building. Uh, and then high school in the Bronx at Fordham Prep. Um, so kind of right on Fordham University's campus. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved growing up in Manhattan. Uh, I think it's one of those things you don't realize how different it is until you get down to a place like Charlottesville and have friends from all over asking you about what it was like growing up there. So, you know, when you're a kid, it's just the norm. Uh, but, you know, little league, soccer, baseball, kind of every sport, you name it, but playing in Central Park, Randall's Island. Uh, and then my biggest passion is uh, ski racing. 
So my family, fortunate, fortunate to have a place up in Vermont. So go up there every winter weekend, uh, Killington, Vermont. And so that'll, I'll get into it a little bit later, but vast was a, a big, uh, big part of my UVA experience, the ski team. All right. You ready to be impressed? So yeah. 444 East 86, that's between first and York. Yeah. The, yeah. Spot on. Okay. Right. Not far from asphalt green. Yep. And Carl Schulz Park. Yeah. The foundations of my childhood. I learned how to swim at Asphalt Green. That See, you're, you don't realize how much research I do on my guests. That's like some serious cyber stalking to find out exactly where you were and what were the little like locales around that. That's pretty good, right? Are yeah, that's surprised? very good. You, you get it though as a Long Island guy. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that's right. I'm waiting. I figure if I do a good enough job here that I'll get picked up by a big network by NBC or something like that to do uh, this version on NBC, CBS. I'm thinking like uh, I should be like a talk show host or something like that. Maybe the night night program something like that yeah and the i guess the one very kind of i don't know stereotypical job that's normal for what my friends did is i i actually went on to be a doorman for a couple summers at a okay. building yeah right on central park so uh instead of you know the typical lifeguard route i was a i was a doorman uh any good stories of any like people that came in drunk or like uh yeah you thought you weren't <laughs> supposed to see what well, give give me a story it was uh, definitely a, you know, an upper class building, kind of catty corner from the Central Park Zoo. Uh, and I was there in the summer. So a lot of them, you know, had second homes and wouldn't be there. But, you know, some wealthy families from McGraw Hill textbooks to, you know, Dyson vacuum. Um, but uh, there, <laughs> there was the consulate from San Marino who, uh, let's say, would have some unsavory uh, guests come over every now and then. Um, but it, the unique thing about the building was it's one of only, I think four in the city that have, it has its own private restaurant so that the tenants can go down there and eat and have guests just, and you have to live there. But as a, as a media studies person, I always thought that if I you know could get paired with a good writer, it's kind of a American version of upstairs, downstairs, because I worked with a cast of characters kind of from all over the world and the people living there. So I felt very much like Jim in the office sort of uh, scenario. Okay. So that's your version of like caddying with golf. Like some kids caddy with golf and they make relationships with the golfers, like yeah. you know, the professional golfers, just guys that are really business people that they can get jobs from. You yeah. instead decided to do the New York city version of that, which was be a doorman at a super serious, wealthy building. Yeah, I think the, it's the Irish American uh, nature. I think because a, a lot of the superintendents are, you know, Irish guys who came over. So that's kind of the, the pipeline if you if you're growing up. <laughs> in well, it's funny. Yeah. Well, I knew uh, that you and I were going to hit it off, and now I know why because we're both New Yorkers. But uh, my first apartment in New York City with my wife and our son uh, was on 86 between first and second. So right by Tall Bagels, right there. Yeah. So Mas Mezcal. Oh, Mas Mezcal. Oh, my God. Some serious margaritas going on there, man. Yeah. And great, great Mexican food. That's We would go every year for around my birthday. So if you're listening to this and want an Upper East Side uh, recommendation. Mas yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So now tell me, were you looking at schools more in the New York area, like the Columbia NYU thing? Or what, what was the deal? What was going on in your head? Yeah. So I was really fortunate. My parents kind of always from a young age 
said that, you know, whatever you want to do for education, you know, we'll support. So had that benefit, but I did know, I didn't want to go anywhere in New York. So I, I, from a young age knew that I'd want to venture out. Um, but, uh, UVA was nowhere near on my radar. Um, I was looking at kind of the, the typical NESCAC cause my brother went to go play football at Middlebury. Um, and then Boston college, I went to their football camp every year. Um, so those types of schools in the Northeast mostly, um, and my dad actually went to William and Mary. Um, so I'd been to Williamsburg, but that's the only place I'd been to south of DC. Um, yeah, very much a Northeast uh, kid. And it was something that the day before applications were due, my dad suggested like, you should apply to you know UVA, Duke or William and Mary. Um, and I visited William and Mary, thought it was great, but didn't want to go there. And then just... <laughs> Even then, wasn't a fan of Duke, so I thought, okay, UVA. I applied early, got deferred, but again, it hadn't even been on my radar. I think I was the first year that allowed you to do early action. Um, and then March of my senior year of high school, I remember one of the few times I checked the mail, I had a, a thick packet from UVA. I was like, okay, this is probably a good sign. You know, it's not just the small letter. Um, but I'd honestly sort of forgotten about it. And then I opened it and my initial thought was like, oh, this is really cool. But, you know, I don't know. I've got into other schools. And my mom said, no, we should go for days on the lawn. Um, and thank God she did because uh, we signed up, went down. But I remember going down 29 and we wound up on business 29. You know, that's you know, <laughs> right. the yeah. long route and it's pitch black and going over the rolling hills and in my you know brand like where the heck are we um but i really got the dream experience because i got to stay at the colonnade club through kind of a friend of my dad's um new professor burton and so oh i know ed burton yeah so i was gonna bring him up later actually um but i I, first time seeing the lawn because we got there at one in the morning as i stepped out onto it so kind of the dream sequence you would want if somebody who knew pretty much nothing about UVA, um, I got it that day. That's awesome. I think Ed Burton might have been celebrated as our, uh, I can't remember, professor of the year. Or whatever. Faculty award. Yeah, faculty, yeah, the FOB, right? Faculty. Yeah, yeah FOB, right. Um, so yeah, he was great. I know him. And he got a lot of like UVAers their jobs up on Wall Street when they graduated. That was like a big pipeline for him. Yeah. And so I did the typical, you know, go through the day, lucked out great weather early April, but then met with him, went to a baseball game, had my first Chick-fil-A. So that was a very signature moment. Awesome. Because um, definitely my favorite fast food now. Um but it really came down. I waited till two hours left on April 30th to decide to go to UVA. Um, so really, really cut it down to the wire uh, and and not the usual. Cause I, I found out once I got there that, you know, most kids either had parents or from Virginia and wanted to go their whole life. So I was not the, not the norm. <laughs> yeah. I was going to, I thought you were going to tell me that the reason you wanted to go was because of the great skiing in Charlottesville. Well, so I, I was worried, I thought I was going to maybe not be able to, but then funnily enough, friends from that I grew up skiing with in Vermont, um, their older brother was a fourth year, um, four years ahead of me. So I actually saw the ski house and then learned that I would have the ability to, um, 
And then Wait, is it, they're skiing down there. Yeah. Wintergreen, wintergreen. It's a uh, like 30, 40 minutes from grounds. It's past a uh, devil's backbone. Um, the brewery, if you go out, um, and you know, it, it's, it's decent. Uh, but I became very familiar with, uh, Massanutten, uh, snowshoe, North Carolina mountains down in, uh, Boone. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, lovely called the, the dirty South on the race circuit, but, uh, not, not as good skiing, but still a lot of fun. You gotta love when I'm using the skiing as a joke and you turn it around on me and you made it like into a club. Yeah. Yeah. I would say besides IMS, like that, definitely one of the three most influential groups I was part of at, uh, at school. We're still close. We still do alumni trips and a really good eclectic uh, group of people. Okay, cool. So now like take me into it. We're already into it a little bit, but yeah. so get to UVA. Like what was that first year? Like, do you remember it? Any good stories, any funny mess ups? What, what was going on in your world? Yeah, I, so I got to UVA, I, I was placed in Kellogg, um, which is to me, I absolutely loved, you know, it's like a, a hotel, uh, top of the hill. And I was on the fifth floor. So called it the penthouse. I think it was probably the highest up a student could live. So actually had a great view. Um, but I was so fortunate because I, I didn't know a soul going to UVA. And that, that was one of the reasons why I, I loved it when I visited, but that's why I kept it till the last day. Um, so looked out in a dorm that was really, really friendly. And since we were a little separated, we became really, really close. And a lot of the athletes were there because it was the non-scholars newest dorm. So I think they put, it was like a lot of the basketball players, girls who played soccer, swimming, diving. Oh, wait. So let me get this straight. So the athletes were getting preferential treatment by getting in the best dorm. Maybe. That did not, that did not happen. You are lying. That is an honor yeah. violation. That does not happen at a place like that. Yeah, it just maybe by, by chance. Um, but yeah, so it was really easy to meet people um, off the bat. But I sort of, I think, came in knowing that. So, and I think a lot of out-of-state kids have that perspective, you know, and, and kind of swarm together at the start because everybody's in the same boat of, you know, not having anybody from high school. Uh, but kind of dove right in with a lot of intramurals. Uh, I was on the association council for Kellogg. So playing stuff like uh, Kellogg, Kellogg cereal nights and uh, assassins and all that. And just getting used to, to Charlottesville. Uh, didn't have a car. So that first year, I barely left grounds. Like went to the downtown mall maybe three times. Um, you know, didn't know what fall break was until three days before. So I was stuck, you know, with, like four guys from California, <laughs> so, you know, just wandering around. Um, but kind of immediately fell in love after three weeks. I was already so thankful that I had chosen Charlottesville. Um, and so that first semester, I think just trying to meet as many people. And, um, you know, I wound up joining a fraternity in the spring, but that was something I think coming from New York, didn't know much about Greek life. And so, I think a good thing UVA does is that it is in the spring because I definitely wouldn't have done it if it was fall. Um, and I think it's good because then everybody finds groups and other extracurricular activities. So, you know, that was sort of just one thing I did versus that being your identity. And what frat did you join? Uh, I was in Fiji. Uh, so I came to Delta, um, kind of fortunate to be kind of the first, the closest one to the rotunda into the corner. So definitely made walking to it easier 
um, from Kellogg. And then when I actually lived there, uh, close proximity to Bodo's. I know we'll get into that later. My, yeah, uh, that's a, that's awesome. <laughs> now, I think Fiji just got in trouble. Like, they, yeah, I did. I did hear that. I I think I'm fortunate enough that you know seven years post to not you know follow up. It's kind of really only those first couple of years when you still know people that you right, right. <laughs> kind of swing by. Um, but I, I did. I did hear. I don't know what happened, but. No, that's a badge of honor going on. One of our favorite imps, Robbie Grossman, who is living in Israel now, his fraternity got kicked off while we were there back in the day. So, like, you're in great like company if you get kicked off. That's the that's the imp way. Proud of you. I think that that's the good thing. One thing I'll kind of touch on is, you know, at EVA you have the benefit of being in contact with seven years of people, and so once you kind of get disconnected from that, you know, anything can change, but. Um, you know, that I absolutely loved it and the opportunity it gave me to have kind of that football. I never lived in a house before. So that was another funny thing. So my third year when I lived in it, um, my first living in a house experience, I grew up in an apartment was with 25 guys. <laughs> oh, good. Give me, you got to give me a stupid story from that. Come on, give me something. Um, oh, I mean, well, the building company actually broke my window, our window. I lived on the third floor. And didn't repair it for a week in January. So just absolutely freezing, you know, 30 degrees. And that's the type of thing when you're 20, just assume that they're going to come and fix it. Uh, I mean, how is that okay for them in a week, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, how did they break it? They were in there doing repairs. It was like a crawl space. There was another time I just woke up and they were just in the room, uh, you know, drilling. I, was, I can't believe that it just looked over, saw me sleep and just, you know, no, no problems at all. So I think they were trying to do something to the sill and then just shattered the the glass. Good one. Um, Good one. All right, cool. Now it's your third year. Were you an imp at that time that your third year or when did that happen? So I, I became an imp, uh, I was spring 2015. So spring, uh, February of my third year was when I, I was, uh, I was tapped. Um, and I was sort of coming off second year, lived in Grandmark. Um, you got involved in a few more things, like UPC comedy committee, you know, bringing comedians to grounds and Studco athletics affairs. And, um, you know, second year, I feel like when you look back is kind of the, there's less distinct memories from that. If that makes sense. It's sort of like after you've got the initial, you know, phase or welcoming and everything's new and second year, you're kind of just in your status quo. Um, but uh, third year for me, the fall of my third year, it's actually kind of good segue into the M story was definitely my uh, worst at UVA. It was pretty, you know, sad semester on grounds. Um, unfortunately, I was friends with the girl, Hannah, who, um, you know, passed away. Um, and then the Rolling Stone article. And it was the only time in my four years at Charlottesville that I was like pretty excited to leave at Thanksgiving. And, you know, the first time I, you know, kind of the, the bubble of perfection uh, that I think everybody might experience is burst a little bit. Um, and so I kind of came into the spring semester, you know, wanting to broaden, you know, the group, you know, get involved in new things. Um, and it wound up being, the best five month stretch, you know, maybe one of the best five month stretches of my life. Uh, cause, um, joined guides 
um, and then Camp Kesem, which is a great organization. I don't know if it would have been around when you were there, Tom, but you actually no, suggested to your son. It's um, a camp where it's all run by university counselors for kids whose parents have or have had cancer. Uh, and just a really great group. And again, as a city kid who had never gone to summer camp, I was sort of being a counselor, but also getting to experience it for for myself for the first time. And it's in the summer, but you kind of prep and raise money um, the whole year for it. Um, but the I think getting tapped for imps couldn't have come at a better time for me, you know, fortuitous, you know, the way things like that work out. Um, so part of that is even more eternally grateful uh, that I was deemed, I guess, worthy to get tapped. Yeah, tell me, we were talking about it before we hopped yep. on the recording. Uh, coronation, it's changed a little bit. What What's going on with coronation now? Yeah, so I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell the coronation and then maybe the how private tappings are, because I know that's kind of evolved over the years as well. Uh, but coronation ball at the end of my third year was the first one, you know, obviously going. Uh, and the way we did it was that if you're a, a guy, you got to invite three guys and four girls and then vice versa. So that'd be kind of an even, even amount. Um, and it was kind of rotated, which fraternity would host it. Usually one that somebody in the group was a part of just to have a big enough space. Uh, but the really fun thing was that obviously you've got 25 eclectic, interesting people. So variety of friends and you would be randomly paired. So you know, fraternity brother of mine might get paired with somebody on the dance team of my sub Sarah. Um, and we had a repository of lands that you were supposed to come from. So huge variety, you know, candy land, bush versus gore land, big booty mix land. And then you were supposed to dress up as that, you know, topic that you were assigned. Um, and I think that was just my favorite thing, like the culmination of the year. And then, like I said, just you know, one of the rare things at UVA that brings together people from all the different pockets. Um, Cause you know, everybody at UVA is so engaged, but it's almost hard when there's that much going on Them almost cancels each other out. And I think one thing I always try to do is just say, say yes to, you know, whatever recital or event or tournament that you could. And some of my you know, favorite memories are just from things you just randomly fell into, but to kind of have that all together, um, was, was great. And then you were grandfathered in. So if you were invited the previous year, you got invited the rest of your time at UVA. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So that that's at least how, how we did it. And that stretch kind of 2014, I think through 2017, 2018. Oh, that's awesome. We'll have to um, ask. And Go. yeah. And it was done on the rotunda steps or in a yeah. garden. Yeah. That's what they, yeah, they, yeah. They have basically right. everyone who's dressed up as whatever stands yeah. on the rotunda and then they make the procession goes up the lawn to the rotunda. I think that's what I yeah. happens. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, gotta, um, I want to be, I want to be back at that. I want to do that, man. <laughs> that's all. No, no, it w really would be so fun. That, that one of the things is I wish I could have gone to fab the past couple of years. Um, I guess we'll get to that once I'm, we're in the fossil stage. Um, but uh Cooper, Cooper, yeah. what do you remember from it? Go ahead, tell me. Well, yeah. Well, I guess uh a, a bummer, it was a I guess a casualty of COVID is we actually had a huge group of my years, like 2015, 2016, 2017, going to the 2021, like on mass had kind of put everybody together. We're doing it. 
Um, so that would have been such a great reunion. We we wound up doing one over Zoom and we got like 50, 60 people. We had some 90s, 80s grads on there. It was kind of a virtual fab, um, which which was really nice because I was, you know, like week three or four, like the, the real depths of, of COVID uh, kind of have that virtual celebration, but it's a shame didn't get to do it in person. Um, but uh, yeah, my, I guess real quick, the, 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 the fun one is when you are get, get private tapped and you know, you get told that you're going to be a, Oh yeah. <laughs> bring on a story. So I, I pulled an all nighter for an exam and then had gone to brunch with professor Burton actually at Farmington. And I got an email from Tara, um, uh, nine Tara Roy, who was, uh, a good friend of mine had been tapped the class before. Um, and at the time was very good friends with my then girlfriend. And I get, a, I get an email, you know, saying, uh, I overheard some UJC people saying that, you know, you were given alcohol to minors at a ski team event that we need to meet tonight. And I was kind of delirious, so tired, but part of me, I was, I, I kind of did know there's something unusual about her saying that. So I was, I either thought, wow, I'm in some serious trouble or I'm getting tapped for imps. <laughs> it's like a 50, 50. Um, but yeah, pull up to you built more on a Monday and just one of my favorite all-time memories, uh, getting introduced to the group. Um, but then thrown into the gauntlet that was the process. Um, because not sure what it was like. And I know it's definitely become a lot more, uh, I know lenience, not the word, but a little less intense. Uh, but those first couple of weeks were just constant peppered with questions, you know, 20 different group me's. Um, but I, I loved it and, you know, immediately got so close to my sibs that, you know, really did feel like a family. Like I was chatting with them this weekend. Um, and we're trying to plan a reunion, maybe getting them over in London. Um, wow. and just, you know, when you're thrust into a situation like that and spending so much time together, um, the bonds you form are, are so, so close. Um, and just great memories. We had to make a video. So the actors at the time gave us 28 things that we needed to do and combine it into one video. And whether that was like run, like screaming around various places on grounds, like reenacting the animals in each of the gardens. Uh, and they had like individual tasks, um, you know, lifting us up, recreating the Simba circle of life, you know, like down the lawn. Um, <laughs> And just, you know, silly things like that. And then I'm a history buff, so I loved that element of it. But it's, it's really just those, like, core memories uh, during your, you know, process. And then tell me, like, uh, academically, what was going on? What, what are yeah. you studying? What, what happened there? So I was uh, somebody who didn't quite know exactly what they wanted to do. Um, but I had always had a huge passion uh for film movies media of all sorts so sort of stumbled into the media studies major uh, which i really really enjoyed um you know some of it was practical media others were film classes you know discussing themes my favorite of which uh there's a professor william little who is my favorite professor at eva i took two classes with him uh, shooting the western and screening terrorism and then others were, you know, mass media and American politics or war media that kind of blended history or politics with it. And then 
did a history minor, but sort of took classes across 14 departments. I've always thought of myself a little bit more of a jack of all trades knowledge kind of person, trivia versus, you know, honed in on one specific um, topic. But my fourth year, I was part of the marketing and promotions program. Don't know, Tom, if you've known anybody who did it, but it's uh, through the comm school. So it's kind of mostly 20 kids who are part of McIntyre and then 10 that are part of the college. And it's a year-long advertising program where you learn about the history, concepts, building a book. And then the second half is practical where you make an ad campaign for a sponsoring organization. So my fourth year, it was Snapple. And incredible experience. You build out a whole deck, full ad campaign. And actually, we wound up going to LA and won nationals, which was you know, a cherry on top of the end of the UVA experience. But wow. um, yeah, kind of across the board, just took classes that interested me, but media sort of the main. main so it was your idea for under the caps with those cool little factoids. That was, yeah. that was a Brian thing. That's what you're yeah, saying. So right? I, I had grown up, I, I had the perspective of, it was actually called the heartland. Cause I think it was something like 80% of Snapple was sold in the kind of the tri-state area and they were trying to expand out. Um, but the ad campaign was sort of, uh, those logos you know, made from the best stuff on earth, uh, but yeah. not particularly healthy. So you try to pivot away from the actual ingredients to, you know, the feeling of when you pop open a Snapple cap, read the fact kind of the u- uniqueness of drinking out of the glass bottle. So it was like little moments of delight was sort of the ad campaign. Um, so let me ask you, this is what I love. I grew up drinking Snapple because, you know, in the New York area, that's what we did. So yeah. my favorite thing was before you open the bottle, hitting the bottom of it and that cool little noise that the cat made. Yeah. Then when you take the cap off, the sound that that made is kind of like a whoosh. And then yeah. the looking under the cap because they had those cool little factoids, whatever jokes, yeah. things like that. And then if you're holding the cap, and you're just going, pressing the top of it, it went click, 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 <laughs> right? And that's what I remember from Snapple, right? Does, yeah, uh, no, is there any big, bigger fan? That's pretty good, right? Yeah, you just threw me back to like sixth grade recess. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten about hitting the bottom of the glass, but the other parts definitely, definitely remember. Okay, you're not the first person to accuse me of being a, like a third grader, so I'm just kidding. No, no, I, that, that's- that line. That's, yeah, you're you're a true fan. We could have had you in the target demographic. It's too bad, you know. If you guys had been smart, you would have called me while you were working on your presentation, and you probably not only would have come in like one nationals, you probably would have like all gotten a huge like st- million dollar stipend from Snapple for the great ideas. But that's all right. Learn, you know, you lose a little money. You live and learn. Next there. time, if only could rewind. Next time, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Cool. So what else was going on at school while you were there? What else should I be asking you about? Uh, so I, I think just the, the, well, one, while I was there, we got really good at basketball. So that, that was pretty exciting uh, to kind of, to kind of ride that wave. And I didn't really get, I met Joe once just through the guys, Joe Harris, who, uh, cause he was in a couple years older, um, but he had already graduated by the time I was brought in. Um, but met him once through the guys who were my year on the team. Uh, but that was really exciting to be a part of. Um, unfortunately, couldn't say the same for football. Uh, I went to every home game and was often met with uh, some, some tough days at Scott Stadium. But uh, yeah, that, that 2015 year, I think we won the Capital One Cup because it was 
I think tennis, lacrosse, and baseball. Yeah, that was awesome. All or soccer. But yeah, won the national championship as well. So um, that was just a really exciting time to be there um, for that kind of rise. And then within the group, I think I kind of mentioned that it couldn't have come at a better time for me and just being brought into such a diverse group who shared both intellectual curiosity. You could talk about any class, grab a beer at any hour, and just kind of leaders leaders across the various entities at UVA. So you're kind of, like I said, broaden the horizon of what you know you could do. And got to give a shout out to uh, Logan, Jor, Hannah, and Sarah, who are my sibs. Uh, and then the court, my year that I was at was really great. Got Chris Hudson, Meg Gould, and Sandra Menendez. Um, and I think the tough thing about coming in in the spring is that uh, you're coming into the fully fledged organization, and you get to meet all these you know impressive people. And then the sad part is that they graduate, you know, right after <laughs> a month and a half that you're actually inactive, but that energy at the end of the year, cause you know, champagne and darts and fab and coronation, um, and ball, it's just a, a, a great time. And then you kind of have to rebuild the next fall because it goes back down to only, you know, 12 of you. So that, that was really exciting to be a part of, but just the, I think the variety of interests is something that, you know, didn't take for granted at the time. And, advise to you know if there are any actives listening right now just to fully engage uh you know the work can always get done always say yes to if somebody in the group invites you to something because uh you never know it could be one of the best nights at school um so i think that was kind of the the mantra um that i tried to live by while there so you're finishing up school and your choices are go be a professional skier, <laughs> go back to being a doorman at that building in New York City, or option C, which was what? Um, yeah, doorman, good, good pay, but uh, I was I was ready to move on from that. I uh, wound up uh, joint working for Oracle actually up in Boston was my first job. It was kind of similar. Got the offer in the fall. I uh, had my big bro, my fraternity, and then my older brother in real life for both in sales and saw that as kind of an initial good job. Just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, so I moved to Boston, uh, which as a New Yorker didn't think, you know, would happen, uh, but found a, a really good network there. Uh, you start with, you know, 120 other recent college grads. Um, and then I think my year was the most, if not you know, one of the most ever UVA people who moved. So actually some of my closest friends are UVA people who I'd never met at school, but now are living up there and was there for one year. And then uh, I guess every UVA grad has to pass through DC at some time. So moved to DC and was there for three and a half years. I worked uh, at Oracle for one more year, then switched over to Tableau. And that's who I'm still with in London. It's a data analytics company. I'm an account exec. Um, so it was in our our DC office for a few years, working with all different industries um, as an AE and um, great, great platform, but was there kind of through the initial COVID wave. Um, and one negative, I was actually supposed to move to London in April, 2020. Oh. Um, so yeah, best laid plans. I'd, I'd come over here October 2019 to work a week and get to know, you know, kind of managers and directors here. And then, you know, had had the offer and couldn't get the visa because 
the immigration office was closed. So, yes, so made it happen just a, a year and uh, three quarters later. I was going to ask you, like, why London? Was there a great opportunity? Was there somebody you were following? Was it that you love Liverpool soccer team and you want to <laughs> you want to just go follow them and kind of be a groupie? What was going on? Yeah, good question. I uh, I sort of as from a young age knew that I always want to work abroad or live abroad at some point. And I summer between my second and third year, I did uh, Valencia um, in Spain, uh, partially to kind of knock out the Spanish credits and, you know, one go instead of across two semesters. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, and then I worked in uh, the UVA and Oxford program. So did one course there, but spent two weeks uh, living with an Irish cousin in London in between. And that's when I you know, first thought that I think London would be the city for where I could go. You know, Some similarities to New York, international base, um, and then able to travel. So that was kind of the, the start of the idea um, and kind of willed it, willed it into existence. Um, and I am, you said Liverpool, I'm a, I'm a Tottenham fan. Boo! Uh, Boo! You suck! Boo! Very, very unfortunate. I kind of, I get the response, but it's almost like they they haven't won anything that it's, you know, you can't, uh, I feel like you can't hate it too much. Um, And that's all there is for today, folks. Information. (laughs) It was great talking to you, Brian. Come back to us when you're a Liverpool fan. I I did, um, I did. So one exciting thing there is for my role here, I sell to telco and sport. So I have a lot of the premier league um, clubs as customers. Um, and I actually just spoke with formula one and English rugby. So that's a uh, been pretty interesting seeing how they use data. Um, and so <laughs> the variety of, you know, talking to a company who's tracking satellites or beacons in the ocean, and then talking about performance metrics of a player, uh, match by match um, is, a, is, a, is a cool double, but it's funny. They gave the American the, the Premier League teams, which is I love which it. Is complete <laughs> irony. So like on a serious note, do you see yourself living there the rest of your life? Uh, I would say definitely not the rest of my life. Um, uh, I think, you know, as as you get into your late 20s, I have to start considering more of a, a longer term plan. But I've always been more of a kind of spontaneous guy. Uh, but I have a three year visa. So. I sort of viewed it as, you know, the first two years kind of just soak it in, you know, get to know the culture, the city, and then make the determination, would it potentially be a longer, um, you know, endeavor over here or, you know, make the most of this last year. And so I'm uh, I'm still fortunately in my pre-granted two years of just uh, enjoying it. Um, but I, I always, you know, from a young age, imagined myself being in New York. Um, and that's sort of why I didn't immediately move back, but you know, here I am 29 and haven't put in the full time in this, in New York. So I feel like that's probably my, uh, my destiny at some point, but I, I really do love London. It's a spectacular city, very international. Um, and then as mentioned earlier, just history, wandering neighborhood to neighborhood architecture. Yeah. So if there's anybody who needs recommendations for London, who's listening to this, please feel free to reach out. Happy to either send them over or be tour guide. Well, you know, the one question that everyone is going to hope that I asked is Ted Lasso. Do you see Ted Lasso around when you're walking around? What's going on? So, here? I do. I love the show and I, I'm sad that I missed him. I actually have a, fr- a British friend 
who uh, Jason Sudeikis was in a pub acting in character while they were filming. And his uh, fiance is American. And so apparently he was super friendly, talked to them for 30 minutes, just at a, at a random pub one night while they were filming. I have gone and had a pint at the, at the pub in Richmond. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Um, so that, that's a, that's something. And then it's cool to rewatch, you know, movies that were filmed here and everything from, you know, love actually um, to that show bodyguard and, you know, just recognize or the diplomat, the new one on Netflix. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. A boots on the ground understanding of the city now. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Cool. So what do you actually do for a living though? Like I know it's the data analytics, but what's the day-to-day look like for you? So uh, I'm a sales account executive. So for me, it's uh, booking meetings and it's kind of a mix of existing customers that you're you know, helping with their deployment slash encouraging to expand to other areas of the organization uh, or net new, you know, either they have a competitor or no real data, data analytics um, solution in-house. So you're kind of seeing them, you know, showing them what's what's possible um, from a building standpoint. And uh, I, I guess I've drunk the Kool-Aid, but I can kind of, I use myself as an example of I was not a computer science guy. Uh, math and STEM was definitely my weak spot. Um, and so I use myself as somebody who's now an expert and trained in it, is that it's intended for somebody on the business end to be able to you know, interact with kind of have one central hub of reports. Um, and it's, it's incredible if somebody hasn't used it, Tableau public, it's kind of like the YouTube of data visualization. It's pretty spectacular what some people have made. It's, it's really just visual art, but then, you know, the much more business implications, you know, executives having all their KPIs in one place, receiving it, you know, alerts that that's kind of the selling point. But yeah, it, it's fun because yeah, the variety of conversations doesn't get monotonous, uh, and you know, fun coworkers. Uh, it is fun. I'm on the UK team though, so I'm the only American. So it's pretty funny being kind of the ambassador of all things recommendations for the US, um, or hearing you know them bicker about different areas of the UK the way you would you know if you grew up in different areas in New York. And I've got a running note on my phone of the different link lingo. Uh, so the, the one I'll call out that really threw me off uh, is the word cot, C-O-T. So I was having a conversation, <laughs> said I had to spend a night and I got a funny look. She goes, you were in a baby crib. And so the word cot is a baby crib here, not a uh, kind of fold out bed that you, you know, a soldier you would sleep on. And so it's those ones that kind of sound the same or it's the same word, but it's this a different meaning uh that, that kind of gets you um do you like do you ever uh mimic the accent over there or if you want to fit in a little bit get rid of the the new york and make it a little so, british i definitely I, a couple times i have caught myself kind of just doing a, a fake accent because I, I kind of do do that uh and i'm taking improv here so i've always been interested in comedy started doing that in new york um but I'm I'm in a group here. Um, I can only kind of do the old English man, like oh jolly good, like that type of. I can't impersonate. No, dude, you got to go with that. Go ahead, a regular person would speak. But I have I have brought in a few uh, words. So I'll say uni now instead of college. Uh, use keen pints. Um, 
than football, but because of my accent, I often get, do you mean American football or soccer? So, but if I say soccer, then they'd say, you know, it's football. So that one's kind of a lose, lose. Um, but well, yeah, I, I know we share bit. a friend in Ryan Hargraves, right? So yes, yeah, you guys could do like a stand up together because he does the stand up too, right? He's awesome. Yeah, I know I, this can't be said enough, but one of the funniest men you'll ever meet. I mean, that guy is just his energy. Um, I won't say where it happened, but on the night you're, you know of our real initiation, um, you know he's cracking jokes and we're blindfolded, so. Again, don't know what it was like in the day, but this is like a three and a half hour blindfolded experience across grounds uh, that I actually thought I was in the basement of the rotunda because all sense of direction, you have no idea. And I'm getting, you know, talked to by Harger. Didn't know at the time who it was. In my head, it was racing. It was late at night. I was like, is this, I was like running through who it could be. I was like, is this Tiki Barber? Is this, because <laughs> I had never heard Harger's voice at that point. Um but man, that guy has some true improv skills. And I know, I know he's missed, but it's it's pretty awesome the opportunities he's moved on to. But I'm really glad that he was a, a good fossil presence on grounds. Well, well, here's what we'll do. Why don't you give him a little hello, but do it in a British accent? So go just give him a little hello right now because he'll be listening. Oh, jolly good to see you, Hargraves. We would love you to come over and speak to a uni in the UK. Oh my it God. It might've been absolutely awful. I, uh, that was phenomenal. No, it's phenomenal. Do me a favor. If it was, you can just bleep that one out. That's my one. Uh, it's first. Like, you know, that's a first. We have a lot of first. I think I was the first person to beatbox on the podcast. So you're the first person wow. to do the British accent. So I love well, it. That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's been a, a great, great experience over here. Um, and I, I think there, I wonder if there is anybody else uh, who's, you know, any other fossils so yeah tom since you're more more pinged in if there is anybody i would love to go uh yeah i got i'll get it i'll get everyone speed dating in london here we go boom <laughs> <laughs> yes uh any other good stories i can't believe we're yeah. almost at our time here. No, I, know. We're, we're I know you had through. a couple give me a couple of stories yeah so okay a couple of pranks because we always love those disease the one we were tasked with uh was during my process was we put uh, parking tickets from the Z's on literally every car within like half a mile of grounds saying that, you know, you had violated and owed the Z society money. Um, another one was we had a guy <laughs> the year below me, we made forms saying if you texted his number, it would enter you into a contest for a free meal plan. <laughs> uh, so that guy probably just got bombarded. Um, and then... <laughs> One, my idea, I don't know if it ever came to fruition, was I was saying to send the most recent actives to the activities fair and just sign up a couple Z's for every single, like every single listserv that then are impossible to get off of. Because, you know, I was still getting emails from like the sailing club for four years. Um, and so those are just little ones that... <laughs> That can Dude, catch that's you. Awesome. Those are great. I will say, one one funny one was uh one of my best friends actually from uh from Kellogg. She she was a Z. And I the reason I knew was after we got our rings after we were it was towards the end of my third year. I could see she like asked to see it and then kind of had a you know, I was pretty good at reading people, uh, hopefully being in sales. And right away, I was like, that just seems off. So then 
I, I asked her and, you know, she was so taken aback and called up, but then, you know, they can't reveal themselves. So I would always kind of like just, you know, jest with them. Um, most of them absolutely great people, uh, but it, it was fun to have that foil. Um, and, you know, chalking the Z's, another formative, formative part of the process as well. Funny, I said this on one of the first couple of episodes, there's an imp that I suspect is also a seven. And when my kids met him, I got my daughter to convince him that she could do a lie detector test by looking at his eyes. And <laughs> she was asking him a bunch of questions. And then one of the questions was, are you a seven? And you could tell he got all flustered. That's pretty <laughs> funny. That's good. I, I, I love it when you get to out somebody, right? Like, yeah. with, in a, like in a positive Get, get him into a false sense of security with the yeah. It's then... evil. My daughter's evil. But, so evil. But yeah, I, I think somebody coming up without the history of UVA, you know, because I came in from New York. I think that was really cool just because then when you're in it, it seems like there's like this whole underbelly of stuff going on or some of it is, some of it isn't, but when you're first, the first part of it, it's a, it's a pretty cool, unique thing about, uh, about UVA. So I got to ask you, you were in Fiji, you were living in the house. I assume on some of these, um, these nights that you maybe had a few too many glasses of tuna. And then the next morning you had to go get some bacon, egg and cheese or something to kind of get rid of it. You stumbled over to Bodo's. So you Bodo's uh, yes, yes, I did. I, I do want to, preface uh because i thought this might be coming because i've listened to the other podcasts is that i first and foremost i do love bodos and i'm very glad it exists and i'm not going to be the new yorker who says it's you know they're not good but because the bagels are good but not having a toaster was something tough for me as somebody who consumed you know five bagels a week my whole life in new york city so the to not the toaster issue was a little bit. I get it though, because I mean they just churn out, and that would you know cause it to be a little bit slower. Um, but and then I think bre breakfast sandwiches. I think the bacon and eggs left a little bit to be desired. So my go-to would usually be you know cinnamon raisin uh, with butter or with their cinnamon sugar butter, um, or I'd go with uh, turkey and Swiss on everything. Is he? You know, I've made fun of a lot of people on this. You've heard the episodes, right? My yeah. favorite, which is that uh, that big, tall basketball player who will be named nameless Ted Jeffries. So um, the cinnamon raisin with the butter, I really like that move because the bagel was soft-ish. So yeah. like it had a really good texture going in. That's like simple, but I think that makes sense. That's a good one. I'm really proud of you for that. That's because yeah. we're, we're both New Yorkers, right? We see, see yeah. And then, uh, then OJ, uh, their their coffee, I would say, is uh, not not the finest. But overall, I absolutely love Bodo's. My favorite place on the corner, though, for food, I would get crap because I, you know, I joke that it's my favorite restaurant. But the Virginian, their ribs and chicken, phenomenal. Uh, lots of trash cans uh, consumed in the Virginian. And then, I do want to give a shout out and pour one out for Saint Martin's uh, because. I was so lucky that I, I got to experience it because it, it closed the October after I graduated. Yeah. Um, and just, especially my active group, we spent a lot of time there. Um, I just, I thought it filled a unique need on the corner. Uh, love the nautical energy, no windows. Um, and 
both because my year, I think was one of the first where they split graduation across two days. So you almost got to do it twice. Um, but both days we did an imp uh, collective drink, you know, at 6.15 a.m. on the mornings of the graduation. So same our tens as missed. That's awesome. All right. I'm going to let you wrap it up, wrap it up with the message to the crew, to the either current imps or the past imps. You take us down through the home stretch here, brother. Yeah. If uh, you're listening to this, uh, come on and speak with Tom if you haven't done it already. Uh, I've really enjoyed, you know, hearing some stories from the different years at, you know, at EVA. Uh, if you want to learn more about London, Tableau, skiing, um, you name it, please feel free to reach out. Uh, and then everybody who's still there, actives right now, um, maybe you're in the boat because I think you're probably wrapping up. Enjoy graduation. We're heading into the new year. Uh, just uh, really soak it in. Um, you know, reach out to the fossils if you you know have questions, need help. But uh, to everybody who's going to be a fourth year, just really, really enjoy it. Um, but this was an absolute blast, Tom. Hopefully we can stay in touch. Uh, you know, Give me a call and thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on here. The man. I think this is my first podcast ever, actually. So this Come is on. a cool. Uh, like cool I'm, to... you, you've hit the rock bottom. You're like you've you've got the best podcast you'll ever be on. They're all going to suck after this. That's I'm sorry to hear that. I do. I do. I need to give one more shout out though. Is Lewis Smith, who is my year Kendall Street Company. That guy is an absolute legend. His voice is incredible. I had the fortune of getting to know Lou a little bit from having him do gigs at Fiji for being tapped, but some absolute blast, whether it's, you know, drinking tuna or, or shredding uh, on the guitar, go, uh, go give him some listens on Spotify, Kendall street company. Oh, I like that. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put that. Yeah. Down yeah. In the show if notes. you do, you know, do you know him, Tom? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolute musical legend. Like he's uh to come out of Charlottesville. I, I think it's probably Dave Matthews band. And then them the huge part if you talk to anybody 2014 to 2018 they were doing every gig on grounds playing at crozet um you know they've got songs now with over millions listens on spotify so they tour around the country um but really start my third and fourth year huge huge impact on the social scene at uva um and man can cover anything from eminem to uh to dave and their own songs are great so Absolutely hilarious guy. That's <laughs> awesome. Brian O'Rourke, the man, the myth, the legend, the Tottenham fan. <laughs> Thanks wah, for joining wah, wah. us, my brother. Thank you so much. Cheers, Tom. Hi there, Tom here. Before I let you go, I want to tell you about my other podcast, Total Sense. As you may know, after my time as an imp, I went on to become a financial advisor. Okay, stop laughing. Don't act so surprised. In each episode, I share advice to parents about how to talk to kids about money. As a parent, I know how difficult that money conversation can be, so I hope you'll listen and find it helpful. It's Total Sense. C-E-N-T-S, as in money, available anywhere you get your podcasts.